Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. Thank you so much for staying with us. It's seven minutes after two o'clock now. On uh, August 20th would have been Noni Jabavu's 101's birthday. I celebrate her because I am a lover of literature. I think she is not celebrated enough. But somebody who I think has gone into a lot of work in, in trying to to remind us of this great giant of literature is Makosazana Klaba, who has been very instrumental in, in portraying this life life of this giant. She's still busy. I'm going to ask her now what's taking so long. She's still busy. Um, But she's an uh, anthologist. She's an essayist, a short story writer and poet. And she is still busy with a long-term project of documenting the biography of um, Noni Jabavu, which I think is absolutely a work that needs to be celebrated. She joins me on the line. Good afternoon, uh, Makosazana. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us this afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. So I keep waiting and waiting <laughs> and waiting. <laughs> and I'm throwing shade because all of us are holding our breath and it's I'm about to collapse. So so what is your fascination with her? It's not the first project, by the way, that you've you've honored her through. But but what is it that draws you to her? Well, I could talk about a number of things, but the very first thing that that drew me was the fact that I had never heard of her before. Mm-hmm. So it was a kind of being drawn that made me angry. It was like, mm-hmm. how come I've never heard of her? Yeah. I'm a reader. I yeah. read a lot of, you know, and I'm looking for black women writers. Mm-hmm. So when I, I, I first read her book, then my curiosity was, how come, really? And that was when I started looking to understand what her life story was. For, so for somebody who left in 1933 and comes back to live in South Africa in 2002, I got the answer, well, a part answer to my question. She was born from South Africa for the longest time. So then my fascination was where was she what was she doing mm-hmm. i mean she so, she comes from a family of intellectuals of learned people what fascinates me is that i mean 1990 is not so long ago 1919 19, when she was born it's not so long ago no it's not so long ago but if you come from that family and then you are physically not in the country mm. And when you published your first and second book, you are not in your country of birth. You will not get this kind of exposure that people get when they are published in their own countries of birth. That's number one. Mm. But number two, we all know that women don't get the same kind of exposure even when they're deserving of it. Mm. And number three, because she moved a lot, all over the world. She lived in many countries and was constantly on the move. I think it takes, if you're not doing the self-publicizing, mm-hmm. if you like, mm-hmm. it takes somebody who's interested in research to track the movement and therefore surface the person, surface the writer and the various jobs that they have done. You, you talk about the family. Let, let's go into that because it's quite significant. Uh-huh. Uh, her father was the man called D.D.T. Jabavu. 
Now, DDT Jabazu is known for having been one of the first two lecturers at Fort Hay when it started in 1916. It wasn't even called Fort Hay at the time. I think it was a South African Native University, mm-hmm. something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So him and Alexandra Kay became the first lecturers at that university when they were the, the very first crop of students in 1916. But he had also been traveling abroad because he had had to study abroad because his father, John Tengo Chabagu, known as JT, had tried to get him to go into a high school that the apartheid, well, the race-based time wouldn't let him go. So he found him a school abroad. So he had studied abroad for just over 10 years. And when he came back, it was around the same time that Forte was starting. Now, J.T. Jabahu had done the work of raising funds for a university for black people on the continent. He had, him and others, had led that over a number of years before the university started in 1916. But he also became the first editor of, he started, he's the founder of Izim Vozabansundu, a newspaper that started in 1884. So Noni becomes a third generation mm. who is a writer mm. in the family. But unlike her father and her grandfather, she was not in South Africa. Yeah. I mean, she, she moved to the UK quite early. What, was she 13, I think, when she moved? She was 13 in 1933, yeah. Mm. And, and she went... Yes, go ahead. She went straight to a high school at York, a school that had been started by Quakers. Significantly, a school that was for girls. Mm. Because even way back then, there was this awareness that girls in many societies were not given the just the right to be in school. So there were schools that were being started just for girls, and that's the school she went to. So she would go to school in New York, and she was a boarder there, and then come back to Oxford in the South, where her foster parents were living. And and for me, that's very significant, because that is what gives her, let's just say, the chutzpah to dare become one of the first female writers and journalists, because she comes from a place that validates her as as somebody who's equal to men. Yes, yes. As somebody who went to a girls' high school myself, I went to Inanda Seminary. Mm. You and and I had my whole high school life was at two different schools. I went to a co-ed school and a girls' seminary school. It's very different when you're at a girls' seminary. The way you're regarded, particularly when you're smart, it's just like. Of course, girls are smart. Let's get on with life, you know. (laughs) So here she is at 13 in a school up there. I mean, it's interesting. I found one photograph that has her in the class, and she was the only black person in that photograph. Now, I don't know what the race relations were like in 1933, but I can imagine that she may have suffered somehow. But I haven't found anywhere where she writes about that. It's, isn't that interesting? Isn't, isn't that interesting that she didn't choose to highlight that? Well, I suspect that if she had finished her own 
autobiography, she would have written about that because when she writes a weather to friends, because I found quite a number of letters that she sent to friends, mm-hmm. or when she was writing the columns for the Daily Dispatch, she would mm-hmm. say something like, oh, I'm reserving that for my own book. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell that story right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, when she came back, I mean, what, what was the intention of her coming back? You mean when she came back to, to South Africa? To, finally. Mm, finally. Yeah, because she 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 used to come back over the years, but not to stay. To stay, yes, correct. But when she came back in two thousand and two, it was because she had made it very clear to Virginia Piri, who is a Zimbabwean writer, that she would love her last days to be in her country of birth. Hmm. Now, Virginia Piri tells her own story of how. She met Noni and how they were preparing for a women's conference in Zimbabwe way back when she had to do the work of tracking her down. And luckily, she was already in Zimbabwe at the time and she tracked her down to where she was living. And then they started a friendship. So over the years, so Noni moved to Zimbabwe from Kenya in 1979. And then when... 1980 happened in Zimbabwe. People who were not Zimbabwean were asked to leave at that time, and then she returned. And then she stayed in Zimbabwe until she came back to South Africa. So between the, so during their friendship, Virginia understood that Noni really wanted to come back to South Africa. So she started facilitating that, looking for relatives, connecting with South Africans, and that's how come she accompanied her from Harare via Johannesburg to East London on the 5th of May in 2002. With, with all that you've gathered and, and the work that you've done, do you think she, she was content? I don't know if I'm phrasing it correctly. Do you think at, at the end, with coming back home, do you think she was in a good place? I think she was happy because her wishes did come true. Unfortunately, when I went to visit her in 2005, she was no longer in a, she was not, on the day of my visit, let me put it that way, Mm -hmm. she wasn't in a space where I could have a conversation Mm -hmm. with her. Mm -hmm. But I think deep down she was content that not only was she back in her country of origin and birth, but she was also in East London, Mm -hmm. you know, which was close enough to where she had grown up I mean, she was born in Alice and she was very familiar with the Eastern Cape because, yes, she did visit over the years and she would be in the Eastern Cape in Middle Drift where her parents finally built the, their home when they left Alice. What do you think for her she feels her life's purpose was? Her life's purpose? Mm. One of the things she says about her departure is that her parents wanted her to be a doctor. Mm. And then she says, of course, you know, that's not what I was going to be. But she says that she didn't know what she wanted to be at that time when Mm. she was leaving South Africa. Mm. So when she finishes high school at York, she went to a university to study music, which was very interesting to, to, to hear because her father was a music conductor and he loved music. And Noni wrote a lot about how 
her home in Alice was just buzzing with music all the time. But then her studies are interrupted because World War II breaks up and she ends up doing what a lot of people were doing, particularly women. They were recruited into the war effort and she ended up working in a munitions factory. But she never returned to the university to finish her music degree. Mm. She then started being exposed to writing. And once she started writing, she was writing for a music magazine here, writing a piece for um, the BBC. She started working at the BBC in 1942. That was her first appearance at the BBC. So once she started working with words, she really, really loved it. Now, I haven't found anywhere where she uses the word, this was my life purpose, Mm. but I have found a lot of references where she she, she wrote about how she enjoyed writing. You know, I ask you because I want you to contextualize, because nothing lives in a vacuum, contextualize the work that she did in, mm. in, 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 in our modern day history. You mean her two memoirs? Or? Yes, you know, her memoir yeah. and her contribution in a sense. Okay. So her first memoir came out in 1960. And her second memoir came out in 1963. The first one is called Drawn in Color, mm-hmm. African Contrast. Mm-hmm. And the second one is called The Orca People Seen from a South African Life. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about those two memoirs is that they were based on her visit in 1955 to South Africa. Mm-hmm. So she was remembering where she had been, who she'd connected with, and how... She experienced being in South Africa and traveling within South Africa after a long time. Because what happened in 1955 is that her younger brother, Tango, who was studying medicine at Wits University, had died. So her father sent her a message and said, come home. So she didn't just come for the funeral. She had an extended visit, traveled and, and visited relatives in South Africa, and even went to Uganda where her sister, Alexandra, was living. So the significance of a South African mapping the lives of South Africans as she was visiting and communities that she knew is a very, for me, unique Mm. uh, kind of contribution because she was writing about, let me use the language, her people after a long absence and therefore reflecting all the time on who her people were compared to the people that she had left as a child Mm. and thinking about her positioning as somebody who had left South Africa as a teenager. Mm. So it's that kind of memoir that even when I read, I thought, wow, okay, this is is the life that my parents would have led because, you know, they they're just 10 years younger than her. So she was writing about things that my parents had talked a lot about. But she brings it alive in, the, in her style, in the way she uses language, the way she inserts Iskosa into English, mm-hmm. and the way she 
Tulsa rises English, if you know, if you know what I mean. <laughs> in fact, I'm, I'm going I'm to read a, a quick pace, passage in a short while. Let me just take um, MZ, who's going to call us, who's calling us from PE. Hello, MZ. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, How are you? Know, you? What, what seems interesting <laughs> about today yes. is, first of all, the author that made you laugh, the professor was it before, when she mentioned Lobola, and she said that women were instrumental, which was You know true, I like that. Which was true. You know, that men were just basically messengers. You know? Yes. But nowadays, men would discuss the Lobola, yet it is you who will be married and have babies, but they decide about your future. Silly boys, silly men. Anyway. Yes, go ahead. They, my interest about the, the author today mm-hmm. is that She's revealing what we don't know. I must say, Pamela, I would like to have that book, but just like Tobacco, I'm visually impaired, which you did not know, right? <laughs> yes, I didn't. <laughs> right? So, I also wanted to do some research about the wife of John Langalibanele Dube called Nogutele. We hardly hear about it. We hear nothing about it, okay? Just like this, we do not each other. No, I we, happened. Yeah, I happened. I happened to know that um, newspaper that she wrote, mm-hmm. John Tengo Jabal, called Info Sabantuundo. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it is no longer in circulation mm-hmm. here in Eastern Cape, but apparently, it was the first newspaper mm-hmm. um, to be edited by a black man. And about John Tengo Jabal. He was instrumental in the 1930 He went to Britain to negotiate that why do you possess, you know, um, African legends? I'm a very So she must, please do me a favor. She must say yes, that she will research about no good We hardly hear about it. Thank you, Pamela. Thank you. Thank you very much for that, um, uh, Mzi, they're calling us from PE. Do you want to comment on that, Makosazana? Uh, it was very hard for me to hear what you were saying, but I, I think he mentioned Nogutela. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, 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 that's the story of women's lives. Yeah. Nogutela is known as the wife, too. Yes. Not as herself. Nogutela, yeah. Her own right with her father's surname. Mm. So this is a difficult positioning of women, that we have our first names, and the surnames are our fathers, and then we get married, and then a lot of women will take the surnames of their husbands. Mm. So it's very easy for women to disappear as well, mm. because if you have Googled Taylor with her original uh, surname, which was her father's, you might not find her. Yeah, yeah. So you must Google her as Nogutela Dube. Yeah. You know? Makes per- so I mean, you, you make a lot of sense there. Uh, let me uh, uh, get uh, Gondile to, to also just add a comment. Gondile is calling us from Mangawung. Good afternoon, Gondile. Uh, hello, Simon. And, 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 and your girl. Thank you for calling. Yeah, I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't hear the part where you were going to, to be talking about Nogutela Dube. I, I want to disagree with your previous caller, <laughs> in a way, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, because there's a lot of work that I think uh, 
the, the Department of Arts and Culture did on Nogutela as one of the then prolific writers of which, unfortunately, we couldn't uh, access her work because it was not necessarily published. But what is interesting about the your guest, it's uh, bringing up the, 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 the name of uh, Sisnoni. Uh, because she's one of the the, the autobiographers uh, of note, and uh, which is a for me a, a, a scarce uh, 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 or a few of women who would uh, you know come up as uh, you know autobiographers. Mm. Uh, I I know for the fact that actually in fact one of the terms <laughs> that I picked up when I was sketching on my on my on my you know uh, library is, is that she was a peri pathetic writer mm. <laughs> that was the first time i actually came across mm. it was a, term. Uh, a person who moves from one place to the other yes. but uh, ultimately come up with a product so i one would really want to 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 to, to see that we're coming up but what i want to pick with you with your guest is that firstly how how does this type of work come to the fore especially in the in the uh, criminal you know as much as uh, this destruction or disruption uh, of uh, technology has come for i do not think personally it 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 from the literature gets promoted the way in which one would expect uh, because at the moment, you just Google quickly, you're out of it, and so mm-hmm. unlike uh, you know when you would have a publisher, have that book, and so so I do not think that, that the marketing part of uh, this type of uh, work uh, is, 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 is coming up sharply, and as a result, I think most of those people who are into literary work and and in the space of literature, and um, I, I I don't know, but I I, I feel that. Nothing much comes uh, in a form of a, a display of, of of this work. I don't know, but is it because of disruption or so? Maybe it's one topic that we would want to venture into, on the particularly on the books uh, or writers or so, as to how do they best you know publicize their their work uh, uh, during this era of uh, 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 technology. Mm. Well, that's it's a lot there that you've given us to to talk about and think about. But I, I'll give it to you as as your last word to comment on that, Makosazana, because we're running out of time. So let me give you the last word to comment on that. Oh, it was so hard. It was even harder to hear the second speaker. Yeah. He, I mean, he's he's basically talking about access to to works like Noni's work, and and we, I think we, you and I have spoken about this. That you know, when things are not republished, when you don't do the work, then it kind of goes unseen and it disappears. You know, so someone has to do it. It, it just doesn't come up, and and we uh-huh. need to know that somebody has to do the work. It just doesn't come up. So, again, I'm asking you to get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> to get on with well, it because i mean we and i think it's a it's a genuine concern we 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 will lose noni's work um yeah. in obscurity because not enough has been done um you know about her well i'm very hopeful that we will not lose it completely because as we speak uh her columns that she wrote in 1977 for the daily dispatch yes. have been compiled into a book 
uh, Atambile Masola and I wrote introductions to the columns. Mm-hmm. I wrote the broad introduction and Atambile wrote the afterword. Yes. So we're working with a publisher now. We're just, you know, finalizing the little things that you need Good. to finalize before Good. your book comes out into the world. So that would be one thing. Mm-hmm. We've, we have managed to surface her writing for the for the newspaper. Fantastic. Wouldn't it be lovely if that book encourages publishers to mm. then go on and publish two memoirs? Yeah, to republish. Absolutely. And I'm very hopeful about that. <laughs> from, from your lips to the heavens. Thank you, so, Marcos Susana. Thank you for talking to us. Thank you very much. Thank you. My cousin Atlaba is an essayist, a short writer, short story writer. She's a poet as well. And uh, she's busy with um, a big project, writing the biography of Noni Jabavu. And hopefully, very, very soon, we'll get that on our shelves. 2.30, let me go to Utsila Saku for the latest in headlines.